You're listening to Roots in the Wilderness, and today we're talking about the Greater Bragg Creek Trails Association. Welcome back to Roots in the Wilderness. My name is Kate Hamilton, and today I am joined by... Jeff Hughes. Who is from the Greater Bragg Creek Trails Association, and I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you so much. Um, I personally use these trails all the time, so I'm really happy to have you here and to kind of spread the word of everything. Fantastic. Um, first off, could you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, I used to be a practicing dentist for almost three decades and sold my practice um, just to have a bit different of a lifestyle. And now I run a tree company uh, in the spring, summer and fall. and. Uh, do ski grooming. I'm the lead ski groomer for the Greater Bear Creek Trails Association in the wintertime. That's awesome. And what sport do you use the trails for most? Uh, in the summer, I'm a mountain unicyclist. So I what? ride a unicycle on the trails. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. so crazy. You must have impeccable balance. It's really good for balance, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But it's a really fun sport. I actually might have seen you then, because I have seen someone doing it. There must not yeah, be probably many me. of you. <laughs> yeah, it's just so me and my daughter. <laughs> a couple of my daughters do it as well. Um, so I do that in the summertime, and I coach mountain biking as well. And in the wintertime, I'm a ski coach, competitive ski coach, uh, both skate skiing and, and um, classic skiing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, who do you do the mountain bike coaching through and the ski coaching through, just out of curiosity? Cross Country Bright Creek. Oh, okay. So we call ourselves XCBC. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah, That's we really have a really cool, cool club. Sweet. Um, and are you a Bright Creek resident? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. I've been for 20 years. Awesome. And how did you get involved with this association? Um, I got to know Bruce Barker, who was one of the core guys that actually started the whole Greater Bread Creek Trails Association many, many years ago. He started grooming and uh, we got to talking and he took me on as one of the volunteer groomers maybe a decade ago. Oh, wow. And when it got to be a little too much for him, he wanted to pass the baton over to someone else and ask me if I'd take over. And so I did. And here I am. <laughs> Amazing. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, would you mind giving us just a brief over, overview of the association and the kinds of things that you do? Uh, in my day-to-day? -day yeah, or just in general or? as the whole association. Okay, so yeah, the Greater Bear Creek Trails Association uh, is a nonprofit organization that started uh, a number of years ago and collaborated with um, Alberta Parks mm -hmm. uh, to basically oversee running this area and all its recreation possibilities. Uh, so there's a couple of different arms to the Greater Bragg Creek Trails Association, which includes all seasons trails, mm -hmm. which includes horseback riding, uh, fat tire and mountain biking, um, snowshoeing, dog sledding, you name it. Right. So we have a number of trails that do all that stuff. And uh, AJ, who was the guy I met just before you yes. came in, he's the one who runs the all-season, right? That's yes. what he said to me. Okay. Well, he, yeah, the he's grooming. taking over all the grooming for the all-season cool. trails. That's cool. Awesome, awesome guy. And uh, so that's one arm. And then the other arm is uh, the ski groomer side, which is myself and about 10 other volunteers. Uh, and we are dedicated to... Maintaining the cross-country ski trail system, both in the summer and winter. So there's um, 
one individual, Dr. Dave Sebulak, that uh, basically does a tremendous amount of work all summer to prep the trails so that they're ready for winter, right. and then uh, also aids us in the grooming in the wintertime, among other uh, guys that help out. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, how many trails, or how many kilometers of trails do you maintain? So we have 65 kilometers of cross-country ski trail. And then there's another approximately 65 kilometers of all seasons trails. Oh, okay. So 130 in total. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, just out of curiosity, how often do you groom the ski trails in the winter? Every day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a, so well, so about when I took over, there was, I think there was an average of about 70 hours of grooming every year. Yeah. And now we're up to uh, just over 800 hours of uh, grooming. That is a lot of time. So actually, no, you know what? Um, I just compiled last year's hours and it was 1,280 hours of um, wow. work that went into cross-country skiing. Not all of that was grooming. You know, a lot of it is yeah. working in the summer or doing maintenance on vehicles or whatever. That's but there's a, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Yeah. So it's ramped up exponentially in terms of how much effort we're putting into it, but it's paying off in terms of um, the number of skier visits we get. Yeah. So uh, we see a lot more traffic now yeah. than we did a decade ago. Right. And I think part of that is just because the conditions are getting so much better. Totally. That's, it's so good. It's yeah. so impressive to me. Um, are, is the whole association volunteer? Uh, for the most part, yes. Um, I started receiving an honorarium uh, last year uh, just because I was so putting in hours. so many hours that it was becoming pretty onerous. Yeah. Um, so to make it viable, now we're having to look at... I think employing um, at least one or likely two people uh, sort of full-time uh, just to try and deal with everything that comes up because yeah. it is it, it, it's a it's a really big system yeah. and a lot of work has to go into it and I don't think it's really sustainable for just volunteers to do no. it anymore yeah um, so that's a bit of a dicey situation because we were a completely volunteer organization, um, but the way we've ramped it up now, like I said, it's just becoming really, really onerous for... Yeah. Uh, oh, that makes perfect sense. Total yeah. sense. It's, it's so much work and so many trails, like you said. Yeah. So I think that's great. Um, speaking of which, so you got, there was just like a major renovation, getting this whole parking lot yes. redone. Um, how long did that take from kind of start to finish, like once you started construction? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a loaded question, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it started this spring and it was supposed to be completely done by uh, mid-October. Yeah. Uh, now it doesn't look like it'll be done until uh, the end of July. Okay, yeah. Uh, and so um, that was totally financed by Alberta Parks. Oh, so great. the provincial government uh, paid Good. for the whole thing and it was about $2.4 million. Um, yeah. So we had nothing to do with it really, mm -hmm. uh, apart from having some input in terms of you know design, but even that was pretty minimal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was an incentive uh, done by a number of key individuals in Alberta Parks that saw what a growing concern this was becoming and uh, to um, 
sort of take care of safety concerns with regard to the parking lot. It was becoming very congested and quite dangerous. I agree. So <laughs> they stepped in and, and were able to get funding to give us this amazing uh, parking lot expansion, uh, which works extremely well. Like, I don't know if you've been here this winter. I have. But traffic flows. Uh, it's so much safer. Yeah. And... Um, now we have a roof over our heads when we're doing maintenance on our totally. machines and stuff. So it's it's pretty awesome. It's, so we're very grateful. Yeah. It is so nice to come and like get a parking spot, first of all, mm -hmm. and be able to yeah. like get out of my car yeah. and yeah, not be run over by a million people who yes. are driving around circles looking yeah. for spots. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just... I don't know if you noticed uh, a really interesting design feature that was... Um, incorporated uh, with the help of Alf Scraston's was a perimeter trail that goes all the way around the parking lot. Yes, I did notice so that. So you can get out of your vehicle, step onto this perimeter trail, and go from the south side to the north side without having to go across pavement. Yeah, that's amazing. It's, it's amazing. And it was just a fantastic little brainstorm by Alf. Um, the, yeah, the first time I came out here, since like a lot of it was complete, I was just blown away because it's so different mm -hmm. um, yeah. so much easier to um be <laughs> basically yeah. and so much easier you know <laughs> interestingly it's not all positive like a lot of locals yeah. are not really happy too many uh, people maybe way okay. more traffic mm -hmm. coming down the west bride road so yeah. um i don't know it you know it's it's sort of a mixed bag in terms of reactions to what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, but the reality, as far as we're concerned, is that uh, this is the recreation destination for Calgarians. It is. Yeah. And we'd love to see <laughs> the town of Bright Creek thrive uh, because of this recreation destination. Yeah. And not unlike a lot of um, little California towns and towns in, um, you know, central BC and stuff that have sort of blossomed because of recreation that's what we want to see happen to Bright Creek um, so yeah. I think it's a great thing and I think property values in the area are going to go up because it's such a great place to be yeah uh, so I think of it as a positive uh, change but that's not across the board <laughs> I can see it from both sides so my like personal mission in life is to help the outdoors and outdoor sports be more accessible to everybody mm -hmm. because I believe in its benefits right. um, mentally and physically. But I also sometimes have a hard time where like, I don't want to be on a hiking highway. For sure. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, kind of like a balancing act of like, yeah. but. Uh, and I, I agree. And, and uh, the interesting thing is, is that as busy as it gets here, the minute you're 500 meters away from the parking lot, it's a ghost town. Yes. With 130 kilometers of trail, you can get away from people so easily here. Yeah. It's not difficult. Yeah. So, um, Especially I don't, I don't find the density of the area a problem at all. Once you're here, yeah. Uh, it's just the fact that we only have one road coming in and out is a bit of an issue, yeah. and um, I don't know, maybe that'll be changed sometime in the future like we need another egress road for fire safety and flood safety and that sort of stuff so stuff is being um bandied about as far as planning yeah um and uh you know potentially we could have another road uh, accessible to highway number one right. which would uh, alleviate some of the traffic 
concerns. Yeah. So who knows what the future will bring. Um, and as far as like, while we're on the topic of kind of issues, are you fi- are the people finding that people are even just respecting the speed limit on the way in? Nope. Not at all. Um, mm. Interestingly, <laughs> um, I know a lot of local speed. Yeah. All the time. Because they're so comfortable. Too. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely an issue. And um, I, I think we just have to have more enforcement. Yeah. Like if uh, there's police stationed along the, the roadway, people slow down. And as soon as they disappear for a while, speeds go up. And uh, there's a lot of wildlife on that road. Yeah. Moose are uh, there all the time and they're in danger constantly because people are speeding and tailgating and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I'd really like to see some better traffic control yeah. on that road. Yeah, that makes sense. That would help out a ton. Um, and are there any other kind of issues? Like, do you find that there's a big problem with like trail etiquette? Oh, yeah. It's huge. <laughs> Let it all out so we can try to stop um, it. <laughs> so, yeah, people, it, people notoriously walk right up uh, skate lanes for cross-country skiing. Yeah. Like pedestrian traffic and snowshoe traffic on um, ski trails is inevitable. Uh, so that's always an issue. Um, initially, fat tire biking crowd was pretty bad for going on the trails, and now that's pretty much eliminated. They're they're that's very good. respectful, and we've spent a ton of money um, twinning a lot of the trails in order to get pedestrian and bike traffic off the ski trails, and it's been quite successful. But we've still got a ways to go. But um, inevitably, we'll have people trashing all the grooming that we do yeah. just by walking straight up the trails and it's it's very uh it's super annoying because we spend hours and hours yeah grooming and trying to get perfect corduroy and then somebody will just walk straight up it and and a lot of it is locals yeah and they think they've been coming here for 30 years and they think it's their place they've got the right to do it and what what they don't realize is that like 35 years ago Alberta legislated that these are ski trails oh yeah you know for huh. a number of months in the winter time so it's not it's not that we're making rules and preventing people from going on the trails You're just making it's it it's better. legislated that yeah. that's what these are dedicated for in the winter time right and there's lots of trails that you can walk on there's a ton so. and they're fantastic trails yeah. they're really really good yeah so it's a matter of education but a lot of people that come out are coming for the first time um we don't have all our kiosks set up completely yet with all the signage that's mm-hmm. coming yeah and alberta parks has um got that um hopefully coming soon uh but it's a matter of education and one of the things that we've tried to do is incorporate uh, a snow host program or a trail Ooh, host program. Yeah, that's great. So people, you know, in um, reflective vests that you can see from a mile away. And if you have a question about where you should go or what trail is good to use or whatever, you can just go ask them and they know everything they yeah. need to know. I'd volunteer directly. to do that. You would not? Yeah, to? that'd be awesome. No I'd kidding. love that. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll have to. I'm a chatter. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> awesome, because we need more. Like, we don't have enough people doing it. But, uh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's so good. Um, okay. In your opinion, what's the most popular sport out here that the trails are used for? 
Um, it's a great question. Uh, it would definitely between be between fat tire biking and classic skiing. Um, I think uh, the number of classic skiers probably exceeds fat tire biking, but I'm pretty sure it's the fat tire mecca in Alberta for sure. Huh. Like it is very very popular. I have and, to admit I haven't I haven't done fat tire biking before. Okay, well it's yeah, yeah the trails around here are really good. Um, I think we're probably going to be seeing a change in sort of the way it's done or um, maybe making some more moderate trails. Uh, like a lot of fat tire bikers are trying to do some of the summer trails uh, and they're riding them in the winter and they're skidding and yeah. creating all sorts of ice issues. Uh, so it's quite dangerous. Um, so we need some more moderate trails and I think that might be in the works possibly in the future yes um, I'm not sure but we're, we're trying to work out what the best sort of uh, trail design would be for fat tire mountain biking cool yeah what about this oh I get it's probably more mountain bikers than people coming to walk and stuff in the summer hey uh, yes yeah. it's super popular for mountain biking yeah. in the summertime I yeah. just got into mountain biking this summer like oh, did you? actual yeah. like out here okay I love it so much. Yeah, it's And fantastic. this is perfect. Like, for me, I'm kind of, uh, I like adrenaline, but to a point. Okay. So, like, yeah. all the trails here are perfect for me because I feel like I'm trying. Like, it's still getting my, I'm, like, a bit nervous, excited. But, like, uh, I'm cool. not too afraid to do anything. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. I love it so much. Fantastic. It's so good. Oh, yeah. it's good to hear. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure. well, it is a phenomenal place to ride. I'm only mad that I didn't start earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you know well, it's never too late right? yeah uh, my brother's a huge biker and he's like oh no here we go because i get into a sport and then i just like go nuts and he's like now you're gonna have to have all the expensive bike stuff too and all like, well i'm surprised you haven't be gotten into fat tire biking yeah i know i just haven't i i'm uh yeah i've got all these other winter sports so i, I will i'm gonna try it i'm gonna do it eventually okay, but yeah. yeah i just haven't made it yet <laughs> anyway um what about do you think what do you think about what is the most popular trail, the one that's used the most? For fat um, tire biking? Let's say cross-country skiing. Let's say classic skiing. Classic skiing? Hmm, that's a tough one. A lot of people end up just going out Mountain Road. Okay. Which is straight out from the trail center. Yeah. Um, I think just because it's so easily accessible and it's obvious. Yeah. When you are standing outside this trail center mountain roads right there and there's classic tracks set so people end up bombing out there which sort of surprises me because it's sort yeah. of wide open it's cold if there's any wind it's not the greatest uh on a on a warm sunny day it's spectacular get your suntan you get, yeah um, <laughs> but there's so many places that are in the trees that are just glorious to to go uh i it certainly wouldn't be my pick of a okay. place to classic ski. Yeah. Uh, another classic ski is Telephone Loop. Yeah. Which is a lot more sort of backcountry-ish. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it was actually designed by Don Gardner, who uh, is a former Olympian. Um, and he made it as possibly the most difficult cross-country ski trail that's <laughs> being designed in Alberta. Yeah. Uh, so it's really up and down, uh, quite technical, but super fun. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
cool. So, yeah, it's a very cool one. Um, uh, so if you were bringing a person to teach, the, where do you bring your co- uh, people that you're coaching cross-country skiing for the first time, their first trail, the easiest trail? Uh, easiest trail would probably be Mountain Road because it's okay. pretty flat. Yeah. Um, so it's a good place to go. Uh, East Crystal Line, there's a lot of flat spots on East Crystal that are good mm-hmm. for teaching. And they've got little dips and some sort of moderate hills on the uh, on the north side of it. So that's a decent place to go as well. And we have a couple of meadows, uh, Hostel Meadow and Chickadee Meadow, which yeah. are fantastic. And just flat, super easy to teach people how to ski on. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um what do you think about this is summer related mm-hmm. electric mountain bikes very have you, cool have you seen a lot of them yeah we're seeing more and more uh, you know as a new sport super controversial uh, in my lifetime i've seen this so many times uh for instance uh i'm, I'm a big windsurfer and when kite surfing started you know, there was major controversies over kiting and kiters shouldn't be here. It's a windsurfing area. And then everybody ultimately got along and almost everybody dumped windsurfing to kite surfing. Um, and when snowboarding came along, like everybody freaked out, snowboarders shouldn't be allowed. And then it became mainstream. Yeah. So I'm sure we're going to see the exact same thing with electric bikes. In my mind, um, they're a phenomenal... Um, thing to have because they're an equalizer yeah so you can have uh, a husband and wife husband might be super competitive or maybe the wife's super mm-hmm. competitive but the spouse isn't yeah and you put the slower person on an e-bike and they can keep up to their spouse and they can enjoy the sport together yeah which i think is amazing yeah so the only drawback that i potentially see is the power um that some of the newer bikes can have uh, like a lot of motocross bikes are now electric okay, and yeah. so they're super powerful and they can do a lot of damage to a trail. Um, so it remains to be seen. I think we're going to probably see some limits on what the power, uh, yeah. outage, like, yeah. um, can come out of a, an electric bike. And, and I think that's fair too, honestly. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's going to have to play, play itself out. And yeah. I'm not really sure what the future holds yeah. as far as that goes, but I, I, I'm going to keep an open mind. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that are dead set against it. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, I find that the people are dead set against it are the super competitive mountain bikers. Hmm. They don't want to be passed on an uphill by an electric bike. Right. So it's an ego thing. But as far which as is, I'm concerned. Yeah. Which is funny because it's like, why are you letting your ego in the way when they're on an electric bike? <laughs> well, and, and think about think about the what um what an opening it's gonna provide for someone who doesn't have a great physical ability. Exactly. So like mm-hmm. let's say somebody is even moderately obese or something, but they yeah. want to get out and do something. Yeah. Well, fantastic it, allows, you're, them you're, to do it allows them to do it yeah and so i think you're introducing a lot more of the population into enjoying uh a sport yeah uh so i don't know i it's think true. it's fantastic and you do you have to have a certain level of ability and fitness because they're like you know in the valley here you have to go up well so that's one of the drawbacks of this area yeah you're either going up or down yeah um so i think as far as mountain biking goes we don't have enough beginner terrain here yeah um not really sure like 
we don't really have the ability to start making a lot of new trails. We're sort of at our limit about how many trails we can have. Um, so that's always been an issue for us and probably will be for a long time. Uh, so the e-bikes would alleviate that somewhat. Um, yeah. Enabling more people to ride the area. Yeah, um, for sure. If they don't have the ability to, you know, do super crazy climbs. <laughs> yeah. And I, I laugh because my problem is I, I don't mind the climbs. That's yeah. fine with me because I do lots of hiking. This, the part that I'm more nervous on is the down. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I'm just like afraid to break stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's valid. So, <laughs> you never want to yeah, break stuff, for no. sure. I go down at a moderate pace, just the same way I ski, snowboard, everything, moderately. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll see yourself probably pushing things just yeah. to get a bit more of a yeah. little adrenaline kick. It's true. Yeah. But half, actually, half the reason why I liked mountain biking so much is because it's a mix of adrenaline and... Uh, physical fitness like yes. i love getting my sweat on and like yeah. grinding through an uphill that to me is great oh that's awesome yeah yeah so i love it yeah that's what i get a kick out of as well yeah such and it's like such a reward you know and you're yeah. going downhill you're like oh i worked for this this is well, the it's best. like backcountry skiing right yeah. you earn your turn exactly and yeah. yeah i find mountain biking is the same yeah, yeah. so good um a couple last questions um just about volunteering mm -hmm. um, how many volunteers do you have uh, there's about. about 10 of us that do the ski grooming. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, if just like any random person would want to get involved, what would be the best way for them to, uh, to contact the greater red Creek trails association? Yeah. Um, uh, so it's likely that they'd be more likely to be helping out on the summer. Yeah. Um, in order to become a groomer, it's becoming pretty onerous. Yeah. You need to have all sorts of qualifications. Makes and sense. <laughs> a lot of training. Yeah. So most people just look at it and go, okay, well, that's way too much yeah. of an investment to make into doing something. But um, some of the trail day uh, volunteer positions are relatively easy. You just sign up, come out, and uh, sign a trails. waiver, and off you go. Yeah. You'll have a uh, trail leader that will tell you what you need to do and go perfect from there. yeah so you could do like one day at a time or oh for sure or whatever yeah, yeah okay absolutely that's really cool yeah um what's the best way to donate here oh. donate money because you probably need that so that's the interesting thing about the gbcta yeah is we are totally donor supported we don't get money from anything other than people utilizing the trail yeah and like you mentioned in um your initial email i think um, you're pointing out that you know most places that provide a service like this, you'd be spending twenty bucks. Yeah, you're, every you time go to you Quebec, come. and it's like twenty or thirty dollars to sure. use trails that are not nearly as great as this. Yeah. yeah, and so we don't charge anything. Yeah, exactly. And so what people don't realize is that we're not subsidized by the government, even though the government built this whole um, complex, uh, like the parking lot and our maintenance facility. Um, they don't provide us with any operating funding yeah so we basically rely on people to put money either in our little donation boxes that are outside the trail center yeah or to donate online or you know mail in a check yeah um so it's been a big challenge and in all honesty i'm not sure we're sustainable right like we're yeah. struggling just to keep fuel in our machines yeah well so, there you go people listening if you use these trails donate yeah and you know um so we do traffic counts and um, we're expecting 200,000 visitors this year yeah. to this area. If everybody put in a toonie, we'd, we'd be there. 
but, amazing. But people don't. Yeah. Like we make so little in terms of what people are yeah. putting in. Well, I'm glad you just said that there because, you know, sometimes people think like, oh, well, if I'm not going to donate $20, like what's the point? But there you go. $2 from oh everybody. Gosh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. No, we're, we're really struggling and, and we'll continue to struggle until we find out some way of uh, becoming a sustainable operation. Do you have any um, fundraising events at all? Or do you put any on or... Um, well, we're doing this 50-50 fundraiser right now where we're trying to raise $50,000 in 50 days. Oh, okay. Um, when does that go, Till? Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm not positive. Um, That's okay. I'll uh, check. I'll yeah, check you can check, but it, yeah. it, we're, we had high hopes for it, but yeah. it sort of petered out. Oh, no. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know how things are going to go. We'll yeah. have to see. Um, but we hold... Um, Tunes for Trails, so uh, a great local band puts on a, a dance every year and uh, with raffles and all sorts of stuff at that. And so and that, they raise That's in money. Calgary, isn't it? Right? We have it out here. Oh, you have it. Oh, you do have it out here. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's at the community okay. center and it's, it's a riot. It's super fun and they do a great job. Um, so there's that and, um, you know, the odd raffle that sort of thing but most of it is just relying on online donations and putting the word out that we need to get funds somehow, okay great somewhere. well you know eventually when i'm you know uh local famous like i told you is my yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah everybody will hear this and then everyone's awesome. gonna donate way more than two dollars each oh i hope and so. you won't have a problem with it anymore. yeah <laughs> and, uh, it's interesting um i was in um there a guy that runs the uh, Canmore Nordic Center, Michael Roycroft, mm -hmm. and he had a lot to do with getting the funding for us, so we're deeply indebted to him. Uh, but he mentioned to me last year that people would show up in his office and say, Michael, like, why should I come and spend, you know, close to $20 uh, to ski here at the Nordic Center when I can go to Bragg Creek and it's free? Yeah. What do you and, say? And that, what does he say? Well, no, he, he was just appreciative that we we're working so hard at, you know, doing what we do. Um, but he's uh, totally recognizes that we're strapped for cash and, you know, it'd be great to be able to charge people, but we can't because we're in a park. Yeah. And they have a very unique scenario at the Nordic Center where they can do that yeah. um, because of the Olympic legacy and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah. here it's just not something we can do. No. And honestly, I love the Nordic Center. I think it is to it's really great, but... Uh, for me, I, you know, people who don't have a ton of money, extra mm -hmm. money is like, this is the best. It's so beautiful. So great. Mm -hmm. And like almost free, you know, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Exactly. And it's also so close to home because I live in Calgary too. Right. Yeah. So it's nice. Like you can just come out here for an evening, right? Even in the Easily. wintertime with your headlamp and yeah. stuff. So yeah, exactly. it's perfect or get up early and have a partial day or whatever. Yeah. If you just need to get out for a little bit. So. Yeah. No, it's so easily accessible. That's why it, should be the the recreation hub for southern alberta as far as i'm concerned yeah yeah totally yeah. um how can people get a hold of you if they're interested in mountain biking or ski coaching or any any way you'd want people to um through the greater bright creek trails association is yeah. usually the best the the website has um uh contact uh information in there and okay. that's probably the best way yeah Cool. Yeah. Any last things you'd like to tell my parents, <laughs> who are the ones that are going to be listening for sure? Oh. <laughs> you should be very proud of your daughter. She's got a great endeavor going here. 
fantastic. <laughs> They're the ones I know 100% who are going to hear this. <laughs> right now, for now. <laughs> How long have you been doing this? Um, I started in July. Um, and then I go through waves of, you know, and so in the summer I did a whole bunch of hiking and stuff. And then okay. in the winter, I've just been doing a lot of downhill skiing and skiing cross country in places that I regularly go to. So I okay. just haven't uh, done as many yet this winter, but um, stay tuned. I have a few coming up. So yeah, well, I'll yeah. have to get all the information so that I can plug into this. Yeah, and, and listen totally. to you. Well, I'm so happy that you made the time for me. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Um, I love these trails. Thank you for all your hard work and to everybody who volunteers here. Um, I use these trails not just with my personal self, but also with my work. I work with adults with developmental disabilities. Oh, no kidding. Using outdoors pursuits and fitness sort of activities to teach them um, employment skills so they can get jobs. Wow. And I bring them out here a lot to do hiking cool. um, unfortunately we can't cross-country ski because with our permit um i need to have my cross-country ski instructor certification yes. to get the alberta parks permit so we can't yeah. ski out here which is frustrating but uh, we do come and spend a lot of time out here in the summer when we snowshoes and stuff so very cool yeah and i'm happy to know that you can volunteer for a day because that is something that myself and my clients would love to do super yeah, yeah. So we do a lot of volunteering with like weasel head park and um, oh yeah. yeah, with Banff actually um, doing like trail maintenance and stuff. So oh wow, yeah. yeah. So that's great that we can do that. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, thanks for listening. Again, my name is Kate Hamilton with Jeff Hughes, the Fruits in the Wilderness.